Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Therese. I'm a Dominican friar and a son of the English province. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, someone who I've known for a very long time, who is also a uh, an avid listener and subscriber to the podcast. Uh, I'm joined by a good friend from back home who goes by the name of... Mr. Andrew Buckley. <laughs> Mr. Andrew Buckley. Welcome, Mr. Andrew Buckley. I, he's saying Mr. to, to uh, make the point that he's not also a Dominican friar. Uh, not yet, at least. Uh, that's that's uh, not a threat. Uh, uh, yeah, so maybe uh, we, we're going to talk a little bit today about your uh, charitable work, particularly with the hospitality de notre dame de lords um and we'll get on to that in just a moment and maybe we'll have time to talk a little bit about uh the catenians as well we might save that for another episode let's see how far we get sure. um but um yeah maybe before we get there maybe just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself sure yeah so i'm i'm a teacher basically uh i started teaching drama uh about 10 years ago um i taught in scotland wales and england uh, I feel like I should get Northern Ireland in there just to have the full collection. Um, oh. But um, I uh, taught most... You taught in Wales? Yes. No, uh, oh. Real, Real High was uh, where I taught for right. a period of time. Interesting. Yeah, and um, I, I taught for the most um, of that time as a drama teacher down south in Milton Keynes. Never mind. Um, hey. yeah, never mind. I know, I know, never mind. Only never joking. Mind. If any of our listeners are from Milton Keynes, we love you all. And congratulations on being um, awarded. Nominated to this city. To, yes, yeah. city status. It's uh, been a long time coming, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but once once I left there, I, um, I became uh, an English teacher um, and uh, moved back home. And I'm now teaching English at a further education college um which um is 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 a different challenge really because I'm I'm teaching people that are beyond the age of 16 now and they're going into um different vocational um courses and they're looking to um go straight from this um, is that like mechanics and hairdressing absolutely stuff like that exactly exactly those things um and generally speaking the, these these learners are um that they haven't really got their gcse or a qualification in english perhaps at all a gcse so, we should probably just say for our american listeners um since almost half of our listeners are, are from america um or, and elsewhere um a gcse is a standard qualification that uh teenagers get in the United Kingdom, it is, is is it in the United Kingdom or does Scotland they have something separately? Scotland um, have um, standard grades and highs and advanced highs. Okay, um, yeah. So yeah, they, they, they have they, their own system. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean England, Wales, and I think Northern Ireland, um, you'll get something called a, a, your your GCSE results when you're sixteen. You have a series of exams in English, math, science. Uh, in Catholic schools, you also have an exam in religious studies. Um, and with, with other subjects as well, like French or drama or things like that. Um, and these are like a standard qualification um, that you will receive when you're, what, about 16 or so? Um, yeah, um, 16 yeah. Um, is is the, the, the standard minimum age that yeah. you gain those qualifications. And the, this is like the standard thing that the vast majority of teenagers, like really the vast, vast majority of teenagers in the UK are uh, receiving or awarded with. Um, but for various reasons, some students don't attain um, a 
high enough qualification for certain employers, right? So uh, then they might come to your college and they'll do something called like functional skills or something whereby they uh, receive uh, qualifications that uh, uh, prove that in the workplace they're going to be okay in the workplace in terms of their literacy, their numeracy, yes. their oracy, their speaking skills and things. Is that, is that right? Absolutely spot fair? on. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Um, it's 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 um, been seen to be the case that perhaps a GCSE um, for some learners is perhaps that little step too far for them to gain a qualification that is then recognised yeah. um, as a a, a competent um, result. So um, that's why the likes of functional skills is, um, you know, pass or fail. Um, and, right. And, and okay. to different levels yeah. as you go up. Um, yeah. Um, largely speaking, the, the learners that I have struggle with English and they struggle to get that um, pass mark that's considered of a high enough level so a, a grade four or below tend to be the boundaries that i'm working with yeah and um you know that's that's that in some cases that that's it's it's very difficult for a student to get a grade um for and so um we we would look at an alternative yeah um for them yeah. so, that, so that they can at least um they've got something to show for their work and their effort and that they yeah. can show that actually they can uh, they can function in a workplace and yeah. you know um it helps them to find employment yeah uh yeah, yeah. um well no i mean it, it's it's uh, an absolutely fantastic uh, fantastic endeavor and maybe we can talk about your vocation uh as a teacher um i mean one of the things that it sort of strikes me actually is that you're giving people opportunities and hope for their future and um, helping people who are uh, most in need um, you know, which is very Christ-like. So, I mean, thank you very much for your service. Really. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, but today we're going to talk about uh, some of your volunteer, uh, some of your volunteer work. Uh, in particular, we're going to talk about the Hospitalité de Notre-Dame de Lourdes. So maybe you could just explain for our listeners what is the Hospitalité de Notre-Dame de Lourdes, the hospitality of Our Lady of Lourdes. What is it? Okay, it's, um, it's a confraternity um basically it's a confraternity of um catholics and i should say now i think there are there are uh some examples of um some people who aren't catholic who um have been able to join as well because we are united in our service to our lady and in this case particularly our lady of lords um and in the domain in lords and um i started doing this um for the hospitality back in 2014 uh, but by that point, I'd already been going to Lords um, regularly with different pilgrimages, uh, doing similar services for about nine years prior to that. Mm. Um, and you yourself were um, part of um, those pilgrimages that I that I went along. Yeah, with, which is which is how we. Uh, got so those were the, those were the diocesan, the diocesan pilgrimages. Yes. So you have various confraternities that are related to the larger. Uh, confraternity which now you're a member of and what do you have to do to be because it's made up of men and women isn't it it's uh it's not um whilst the, the language is confraternity it's also made up not only of men but also of women uh what are the aims of the confraternity and how do you become a member of the confraternity so the aims are to serve the people that go to the pilgrimage site and help them in their devotion to 
Our Lady. In so, so people who, so you're there to help encourage devotion to Our Lady of Lords, and you're there to serve the pilgrims who visit the sanctuaries, who visit the shrine, yes, uh, of Lords in the in the Pyrenees in southern France. Yes, okay. and and also to. Um... You know, while whilst assisting them in being able to access uh, certain parts of the services that, that take place there, but also um, to physically, in some cases, move around and access the various things that are that are there, whether it be the grotto, whether it be the baths, um, to move freely uh, around the the domain itself and the different basilicas within that. Mm. Um, that's that, that's what we are. That's you what we you are. help with the day to day running, basically of. Uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, Marian shrine mm. in the world mm. is basically what you do. Yes. Um, and you serve the uh, sick and the vulnerable pilgrims, uh, you, uh, as well as um, the... So it's all pilgrims you deal with, or do you have a, a special care for the sick and the vulnerable and the assisted pilgrims? So, so we, we do have a special care for the, um, the um, sick and um, assisted pilgrims that go. Um, the best way for me to perhaps say this is through um, when when, when uh, I'd be on service down at the the baths, there is um, a sort of hidden rule where what we'll do is we'll see that everyone will be queuing up to go into the baths to um, bathe in the water and to say their prayers to Our Lady, etc. And what we what we tend to do while we're there is make sure that the people that need to go in as a priority are given that priority. So if someone is clearly very, very ill, um, they would go ahead of someone who was, say, um, able-bodied and, and perfectly fine. And that isn't to say that those people don't go in. It's Of course they do, but we, we try to base um, who goes in in terms of wasting time based on what we consider to be that priority. Yeah, um, so you act basically as the people who you basically control the queue to go in the bath sure essentially yeah. Yeah. and then when you're in the bath you also assist pilgrims while you're in there so j just in case you're not sure what these baths are there is there's a miraculous uh spring at lords mm -hmm. um and the uh, our lady says uh, go and bathe in the waters or something yeah, that, ba bathe right. in the water um wash in the water drink the water um th there were three things and of course what that means um can mean different things to different people some people interpret that to mean they must be fully submerged in the water um and and um uh, some people have a very particular uh interpretation yes it f for that to be the case but obviously given uh, more recent times it's been um it's been more difficult to try and do that when you've got COVID. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to reduce any any potential um, spread of of that. So currently, as things stand, um, a full immersion isn't possible. Um, but people are still going into the baths and the cabins and having their hands washed, washing their faces, and then drinking from the water again and having a more that um, they call it a, a water gesture. Um, it's it's still as prayerful. It's that it's a ritual, a, a prayerful ritual that reminds you of your baptism, your yeah. baptismal promises. You're encouraged to say some prayers there. Yeah. It um, and it goes back to one of those fundamental parts of the message of Lords, isn't it? About mm -hmm. not only penance but also conversion and conversion mm -hmm. of life, mm -hmm. recommitting yourself to to being a uh, faithful mm -hmm. disciple of mm -hmm. Christ mm -hmm. um, in in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. 
And, and what's also good um, about having now made my commitment to to the shrine? Um, Hang on a second. Just just be, just before we get there. I mean, you, what we've just highlighted there actually is how you care not only for the maintenance and the everyday running of the shrine and um, the physical and practical needs, but also actually the spiritual needs of the pilgrims. You're actually meeting a spiritual need there, mm. which sort of ties into the commitment that you make. Because as a, as a confraternity, you're not just sort of people who randomly sort of show up and sort of uh, agree to serve. You actually make some sort of promises, don't you? And you make an act of consecration. So maybe you could tell us a, a little bit about that. What What is... Um, the act of consecration, what's all that about? So that's where we make our um, commitment to um, Our Lady through services that we say that we will provide. And it's not just to the pilgrims that are there on the day in Lourdes, it's also, we say, um, and whilst back at home as well. So we don't just keep the service in one place that that service of um you know loving thy neighbor if you yeah. like and looking after the people around you also translates into your communities back home mm. so um and that encourages people as well to to then also um come out on pilgrimage uh, to to lords so that's that's what that commitment is that's what the um that's what the act of consecration um yeah and, and so it's that you're 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 placing yourself under the protection of our lady in the service of uh, Our Lady and of her Lord, mm. uh, uh, of her Son, to bring people to a greater devotion and appreciation of God mm -hmm. and and uh, of the of the Blessed Mother who appeared at the shrine mm -hmm. um, through service, um, essentially. So. I suppose it's a little bit like uh, in Paul's letter to, to the Galatians when I think it's his letter to the Galatians when he says, you know, and he certainly says it in Corinthians, you know, you're not, you're not yourself, you're, you don't belong to yourself anymore. You know, you're sort of, you're being consecrated for the service of somebody else. You're being set apart or set aside mm -hmm. um, for a particular service. Mm -hmm. And we've spoken a little bit there about some of the service that you give whilst you're at the shrine. Mm -hmm. uh, but you, you say that you're also you also commit yourself and are consecrated to the service of uh is it is specifically the sick when you come home is is well it it translates to everybody because it's it's anyone who is in need okay and um, it's it's you know and, and whatever you assess that need to be that's that sort of you know that's that's the uh distinction that is then made um mm. it it's not it's not certainly not exclusive um yeah. is what i'd like to sort of clarify so before you make this consecration then um what do you have to do? Can anyone just sort of turn up and, you know, on the Monday and on the on the Friday, say, I want to enter into this confraternity and make this consecration? Like, how does that work? So um, there are five years of formation that are set up um, that tend to take, I mean, depending on what you're able to do, you can only sort of do one stage, as they say, which tends to be... The, uh, one level, one, one stage. Yeah, yeah. seven seven days um and you can only do one stage per year okay um so you could stay for you know a month but you've only done one stage i see yeah. um 
otherwise people would be doing it over you know they'd stay for five weeks and then they'd, 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 then they'd yeah. be you know consecrated but um so you have to show this commitment then basically not over, just over a period of five months but over a period of five years yes yes yeah. and it adds, which 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 um you have to keep returning and showing that you're prepared to and it allows you to digest what it is that you um have done over that that week because as you know yourself from going it's 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 a lot happens mm. uh in those seven days and, and you only sometimes realize what you've really done or what's the change that's been brought about in you years later looking back because what i found in my own life was that it changed me and it shaped me into the person that i was slowly over a long period of time but now when i look back i can see that mm. and like over the years how it's changed me mm. um but when I was there at the time, I didn't. I didn't always see that. Even after like, and maybe I started realizing that the impact and the change it was having on my life after three years or so. Mm. But yeah, it's only really now with the benefit of hindsight. And what well, I'm, I'm thirty now, almost thirty one, and um, I've been going since what I was fifteen, sixteen. Mm. So almost half my life. Um, yeah. And 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 it, you know, it's taught me much about. Um, about the faith that I've I've been raised in that I would you would have expected, and this isn't to uh, this isn't to uh, sort of belittle any 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 educational system that's out there, um, but I would say that I've learned so much from lords that um, that I that I don't think I would have possibly gained from anywhere else simply by the nature of what it is that you do when you go yeah. because of the, the the service that you give it it has a brilliant way and you. Uh, having known me for so long, will recognise my my need for this. Um, it, it was certainly... that <laughs> It's um, it's certainly taught me humility. Um, the 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 act of service um to people that, um, for example, people that have you know the the, the most basic of disabilities that are unable to you know walk or something. The fact that they you are there to help them do something so basic, um. Something that the rest of us basically take for granted. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, and you see so much of this yeah. in, in different formats. Um, you know, that that's one example. Um, but you see so many different people there with all varying um, disabilities. And one thing I will say as well is that you, you, not all of the disabilities you see in Lords are actually visible. Yeah. Um, you know, and... It, it yeah it just it it, it 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 it's a great equaler it's sort of a great yeah. equalizer you find that everyone is there in in a, in a united um dare i say need you you you, you all need each help, other yeah. each, help and each other whether it be spiritual whether yeah. it be physical but whatever it is that's it because you can have somebody actually who's very uh, far advanced in the life of virtue who can't do a lot for themselves. You know, they might not necessarily be able to walk, they might not be able to dress themselves. Um, um, for example, like even somebody who's, you know, just can't do these things because they're elderly, um, they might actually have uh, progressed in the way of humility and in the uh, virtues, you know, in life that make us pleasing to the Lord. Um, and it might be that we are able to do things that, that, they are not able to do but actually you learn something from them so very often people who go there think oh yeah i'm going there to help somebody else you know i'm helping them walk i'm helping them dress i'm taking them out you know i'm helping the lonely because a lot of you know the people who go there uh who are ill or actually live very isolated lonely lives and people don't bother with them mm -hmm. um in their in their day-to-day -day life 
Um, so very often we can think, oh, I'm doing this for somebody else. But actually, they teach you a lot about what it means to be a human being. Mm -hmm. And they teach you about what really matters in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I, so, yeah, I mean, I would completely agree with you. I think it's in the... In, it's in the service it's in the doing of these things it's in actually doing charitable things not just in the intellect that actually converts you it's not just in 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 um, what we say or what we think um it's actually by physically pushing the wheelchair physically helping somebody get dressed having the coffee and having the conversation with them about their life back home mm. that actually changes you would you agree with that absolutely um and, th and that's where it begins you know that's that's like the first step that repetition of of doing that every year it became routine for us mm. um i mean I, <laughs> I i i often joke um about the the group that we um most recently have gone with um, Ambrose, shout out to saint ambrose and saint ambrose. Ambrose. Um, yeah. ambrose they <laughs> they um they, 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 as, as, as a, I, I will call them a fraternity, if you will. Well, they certainly are. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they, they had a very, um, uh, repetitive, um, nature of going back to the, every year they would go to Lords Without Fail every yes. year. And that, um, routine, I think, I mean, for us, but for, for them was, was, it would feel weird not going now going as often as that and having that service you sort of you build on a little bit more than what you perhaps um gained or learned the year before and certainly from my perspective not just with the the service but i learned so much about um the events of lords itself and how that then sort of like translated into my my wider understanding of of my faith so um, and and that's also why I think that Lords is 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 um, not not only being part of the hospitality as as, as being a good thing um, for service, but also for um, for understanding faith a bit more. You know, for understanding why why we do what we do. Why do we do this? What is the you know? It's it, it's it's a hard um, it's a hard job to do um, every like time that you go. You are like your your body is broken by the end of it. Um, absolutely yeah. you know and um to find that uh you know that the, the people go back um it, it it's it's that 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 that's a miracle in itself really of lords that people go back and, and and um and enjoy uh everything that they do about it what i do find interesting though is whenever i try and communicate this to people um who aren't catholic back at home um when i say to them you know when it comes to like the holidays oh i'm going to lords this uh you know, this Easter or yeah. this holiday. I'm paying like I'm paying five hundred or six hundred pounds to take a week out of my holiday to yeah. push wheelchairs up in a mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and people look at you like you're crazy. They they absolutely do. Like they absolutely do. Especially when like that's your entire like for me, I remember growing up, that was my I had to fundraise to go because mm -hmm. that was my entire holiday budget. Mm -hmm. That was my holiday. Mm -hmm. The only holiday that I had like for like every year was that i chose to go to lords mm -hmm. to serve the sick to you know go to mass every day and uh you know push wheelchairs around in mountains and have uh you know have a chat and coffee with people who were often very lonely and very isolated 
who were very often like 50 years older than I was, mm. at least. Um, yeah, in Southern France. In, 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 in particular to the, to the financial uh, strain that it takes to go. I remember saying this um, to someone that I used to work with, um, explaining what we did and how you, know, how you get there and, you know, the cost of things. Oh, yeah, the there. getting there, that's another thing to say because <laughs> we were we were on a coach. We, so 25 we, hours. 20, we, yeah, yeah, it was like a 25-hour coach journey all through the day, all through the night. You didn't stop off anywhere. Um, and, you know, well, yeah, 30, 30 young men, uh, <laughs> you know, it's on a, on a coach going from Manchester area, from the northwest of England, all the way down through England, all the way down through France, 25 hours with only a couple of breaks on the way is... Um, it's hard going. It is tough. It's tough. tough. It's fun, you know, but it, yeah. yeah. And then you get there and then, you know, straight away you've got to run unload the train with all the sick you go to the aeroplane and mm-hmm. you you uh help the people into their wheelchairs and you start pushing them around and get them to the hospital you have to get the ward ready because mm-hmm. the beds in the hospital have to be made in a very particular way yeah. um yeah. and all of this is all just after you've had a 25 hour coach journey of which you've had very little sleep uh, yeah you've had very little sleep <laughs> <laughs> um and you've paid like 600 pounds for the privilege yeah yeah, and you know, I mean, you, you are rather coach journey alone. So tired when you get there, despite there only being an hour different. And then you've got a week to go, and you can't quite blame jet lag. I mean, I'd um, I'd love to, but you know, I don't. But um, the 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 financial strain that um is attached to this, and we've, I, we we're sort of used to it because we've done it from a very young age. Um, when I explain to people who um, you know, now that I you know earn a decent wage for a living and it's enough to live on. Yeah. Um, even even when I explain to people that have never done this that this is what I do, um, they still ask you know oh, well, do, do they do, do they pay you do do they do, do yeah. they your your hotel your food anything like that I said no, no they don't give you anything they give you anything you've got to do all of this on your own and I remember the response from one person um, which was a complete no we're not doing that wouldn't yeah. do that no no and it, I was a com- completely shut off yeah. from any possibility of of um, of, of, of why would i do something for free to for somebody else Absolutely. And not only do something free for somebody else but why would i pay to help somebody else uh it, it's and it, this is why i think lord is 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 you so wonderful but yeah because it teaches you to be non-utilitarian you know people's worth does not come from uh or people's value does not come from what they can do, how, you know, able or disabled that they are, their value um, doesn't come from what you can get from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of people in society, it's like, well, no, I mean, I'm going to go and enjoy myself. I want to spend my money on me. And we live in a very selfish society. You know, why Why on earth am I going to pay £600 to go somewhere in southern France to push somebody in a wheelchair up a mountain who I don't know, um, you know, and never met them before? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not my grandmother I'm pushing up a, up a mountain, you know. <laughs> and, and yet, do you know what? When it, you spend it changes enough, you. It absolutely yeah. does. When you, when, you, when you spend time with these people um, and, you, and you give them the time of day. It's better um, than Magaluf. Yeah. <laughs> better than Iron Aspen and Ibiza. <laughs> yeah. We're just too selfish, I think, as a society, yeah. aren't we? You know. We, we are. and But this is what I mean about, about humility. Um, the, 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 this, this practice and this routine instills within you 
um, a much greater virtue than um, that that would otherwise be seen. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is why it's so important that um, if it, I remember when I first went, I really didn't want to go. Not not because it was costing me money, because I was very lucky in that the first time I went, my parish uh, paid for me to go, so, and with the hope that I'd you know catch the Lord's bug, and you know it would it be good for me. And then, and sure enough, I, well, actually, my first year there, I absolutely hated it, and I swore I'd never go back again. Um, but ever since then, I've been back almost every year until I joined the order. Mm. I think there was one year when I couldn't go um, before I joined the order. And since joining the order, I don't have any money to go and I can't fundraise, you know, being so old. When you're when you're a kid, you can fundraise for it because people think, well, where are you going to get your money from? Mm. When you're when you're religious, they sort of think, well, you should have money to go. But obviously mm. we don't. <laughs> um, um, but yeah I mean I remember I didn't really particularly I wasn't really interested in spending a week of my holiday pushing a wheelchair up a mountain um, you know partly actually because I was quite shy and you know I didn't want to have to share a room with somebody who I didn't know and you know I, I was I it would be the sort of thing I'd want to do with my friends not on my own mm. but I mean it gave me actually a lot over the years it's actually increased my confidence um and I've made a lot of tremendous friends, um, actually, from from Lords. I remember before before I went out there, um, I met a man uh, at a parish who was doing some gardening in a, in a neighbouring parish. I'd never met him before. Um, it was on the other side of the world. It was on your side of the world. Oh, my side. Oh, yes, your side. <laughs> my side of the world. And um, I remember saying... Um, uh, my mum said, oh, he's going to Lords in the summer. And he said, oh, the friends that you're making, Lords, you'll have for the rest of your life. And I just sort of rolled my eyes and thought, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, you, when, you're a, when you're a kid at school, you're sort of, it's very hard to conceive that your life is ever going to change. And mm-hmm. the friends that you have when you're 16, you think you're going to be friends with the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, 15 years later, you're lucky if you still speak to one or two of them. Um but at that moment in your life, you don't really think like that, do you? And I sort of thought, yeah, I, you know, I'm not looking forward to it. And I don't know them. I don't really want to know them. But, no, yeah, it changes your life. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And, you know, um, more so for me, because um, when I first started going, this is what I mean about routine. I went, dare I say this, um, you know, purely out of routine for, yeah. for a period. Um you know, I, I blame my, uh, I say I blame, I uh, <laughs> I do, I blame my mother for this sort of, uh, this this uh, routine-like uh, nature that I have. I shall you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I shall make sure she listens. Um, she, um, it, my, for, what I mean by this is that my mother would, would, would get this habit into my system where even on a, you know, cradle Catholic Sunday, you get up, you go to mass. That's the first thing that you do of the day. Good. And but, but, but just <laughs> good, isn't it? You know, but the thing is, she said, just doing good stuff. Very, very typical of a sort of northern working class um, Catholicism, which is that you go to church on a Sunday and you don't question anything about it. You just, you just go and that's that, um, you know. And th- th- now there might be all sorts of flaws to that, but you see that routine, that sort of sense of rep- uh, repetition followed through into going to Lords every year. Now, I should say that when I first went to Lords, I didn't really have much understanding by my own fault for not maybe sort of exploring my faith in the way that I should have done. I didn't have a great deal of understanding as to why we would have the sort of customs and traditions that we had yeah. broadly. And a lot of that sort of um, led to a lot of agnosticism. So when I when I when I would go to Lords, I'd, I'd know that there was something good about the place. I would realise that there was something much more deeper to be had here, but I couldn't really put my finger on what it was. Yeah. And that was when um, 
the idea of Starge, sort of like someone had presented this idea to me beyond going with just the diocese, coming you know, sort of out on your own and going on Starge, that this might give you a different perspective on a few things. And I thought, well, okay, that's fine. I've, I've been coming here long enough now to be comfortable mm. with the area that I know I can do this on my own. Yeah. So I, I did. Starge, so, by the way, just as we said before, is the those acts of service you know those five years that you do five stage uh, is five stages <laughs> the, the five um uh five years that you do of and you do a different service like each year and then yeah. at the end of those five years you can make your act of consecration and say i'm gonna come back and commit myself to this service for the rest of my life um yes so you know and yeah. much like uh for those of you that might be going through confirmation um, it was very much made clear that it was a choice and that once yeah. that choice had been made, you then made a commitment in which you then were obligated to return yeah. every year. Um, so, of course, as I was going through this process um, of, you know, going back, I'd always learn a little bit more each year as time went on. And one of the things that was really valuable to me um, was was in my first year when we um, went upstairs in, in the... John Paul II building onto the, the first floor and we um, went on to um, sort of, you come up the lift and you turn left and, you, and you're presented with what, what I call the Hall of Miracles. <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's just the, the Museum of Miracles, I think is what the, the French translation is. Um, and along the walls, you have every single registered miracle that has officially been recognised by the Vatican that is along these walls. Uh, with the most recent one, uh, with um, Sister Bernadette, who um had a i think it was a spinal issue that was um, an incurable spinal issue that, that was then cured yeah um and what really helped me grow in not just not just my service but equally my um my, Your faith. my faith more broadly was that there was something tangible to hold on to the, there was there was the, the, these 70 examples that were laid out in front of me had been so um greatly scrutinized by not only catholics and scientists but even atheists in order to try and disprove them as miraculous that when they could no longer be proven as to to, to be anything other than miraculous that really spoke to me to say a lot of the problem that i'd had with my faith was that there was that there was nothing really to sort of grab onto there's nothing really to sort of begin to do. Oh, you know, people would often say, you know, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, if, I, if I see it, I believe in it. You know, if I yeah. can't see it, then I It don't. didn't seem like concrete and real to you. Yeah. It was all just abstract ideas. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that had a had a loose sort of link to each other. And this doesn't change that for you. It made you realise this is something real. Yeah. To do with the real world and reality. Yes. Uh, as it's lived. It's not some sort of esoteric mind game or language game that we're playing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that to me, it was it was like it was the greatest ev uh, evangelizing moment of of my faith at that date. Yeah. Um, and I just I was I was totally blown away by what was basically evidence yeah. uh, left before, you know, exhibit A from you know? medical doctors. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was and that's also another um, thing is that is the um, a lot a lot of the um, obstacle to, to my um, my um, my faith at this point was was the the seeming conflict between science and religion mm. not that there is one but that, that, that you're made to think that there is and when 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 you realize that actually both of them work very well in harmony together yeah that really broke down so many barriers to me and then yes. from from that onwards i've been able to then explore things more deeply with a different understanding 
um, that's g gone deeper, and it 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 changed my life. And so mm -hmm. going from going from uh, not really understanding a great deal to, to to where I am now, and you've seen this transformation over um, sort of um, fifteen over or so decade, years that you yeah. that you that, that you've known me. Um, and you and you know yourself. Oh yeah, that. I definitely know. I mean, like when I first met Andrew, he's, he wasn't like he is now. <laughs> um, but it's true. I mean, because there was there was things that I would say on you know hot button um, political issues that that would mm. involve um, faith that 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 um, were incompatible with Catholic teaching. Yeah, which um, I can now see the 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 error of my ways. Uh, over time, I mean, that's you the know. thing. Over time, like your your beliefs and your views have changed, and mm -hmm. you've actually on thinking about these issues more praying about them and studying them and everything you've actually been drawn closer and closer to the church in your pursuit of truth actually that's it isn't it you know you've been pursuing truth uh wherever it leads you and it's drawn you closer and closer to the church and then that's had then a knock-on effect onto your prayer life and mm -hmm. it's made you want to be able to pray more and enter more deeply not just on an intellectual level uh or through service but also through prayer and that communication with God and, and looking after your soul in that way. We should probably say that um, uh, when Andrew talks about the uh, Museum of Miracles and whatnot, we actually have an episode on the Miracles of Lords called Miracles Still Happen, which was podcast episode three. And we talk about the process of how miracles are declared in Lords, um, the medical doctors and the scientists who are involved, um, and uh, what some of those miracles are. So do go and listen to episode three of the podcast called Miracles Still Happen. It feels like a long time ago now, probably over a year ago. Uh, we also have another episode, episode 39, I think it is, uh, called Our Lady of Lords, which is about the apparitions themselves. So you can go and listen to, to um, both of those episodes to find out more about the actual apparitions is episode 39. And more about the miracles of Lords uh, is episode three. Um, but what really strikes me actually about your story is how much this has helped deepen and maybe bring bring you back to faith. Might be a, a little bit, uh, might be a bit strong, but it has certainly helped increase your faith and your devotion and your discipleship and fidelity to the lord and those habits that your mother instilled at you in a young age because you know we live in an age now where most people are like, oh i'm gonna let my kids decide for themselves well actually the fact that you're i mean we don't do that in any other part of a child's life do we so um but i, I mean the, the the fact that your mother instilled these good habits in you made you the sort of man that you are today mm. and it's actually made you a better person mm. and i'm sure there were plenty of times in your in your mother's life where she probably did wonder you know or oh, am i going about this the right way you know um and you know she's been vindicated really by how you've how you've turned out you're certainly persistent <laughs> your mother persistent tell me it's not true <laughs> she's a wonderful woman you're very lucky i am very lucky i am um, very lucky yeah. What was the other thing I was going to say? Um, yeah, I was uh, I was actually going to ask how has go, go, going to Lords actually shaped your faith life, but I suppose you've already sort of you've already sort of touched on that, really. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 always it always adds um, a little bit more to it every um, every year. I mean, I should say this: um, the last uh, Easter, last Holy Week, uh, was the first time I was able to go back since the pandemic um, started. 
Um, it's very, very different there now, which that they're, they're hoping to get back to normal as soon as possible. I mean, they really struggle to get pilgrims, haven't yeah, they? Yes, they have. Yes, they have. Um, largely speaking, because as I've said, um, I think to you, uh, not just in this episode, I think um, in, in, in previous conversations we've had, the um, the bats at the moment with the full immersion uh, currently um, is, is not able to happen. But... Right. Um, I think, largely speaking, I think word of that has got around, which is why many pilgrims aren't um, aren't making. They just sort of think, "Oh, the baths are closed," even yeah. though actually most of the most of the sort of miraculous healings happen during the Eucharistic procession, don't they? Which is still happening. They, they do indeed, and you know, in 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 um, a few of the cases that that are recorded in the. Um, the in in the hall of miracles yeah um a lot of, uh, not a lot but some of them um in, in, and in particular uh the 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 most recent um miracle that's been declared um didn't even take place in lords they they they, they, they yes they, they they they've um happened in various parts of the world uh when they've been uh when the, the people affected have been um in in some sort of um, prayerful devotion, uh, a particular Our Lady um, of Lords. Our Lady of Lords. Um, right. Although in the case of um, Sister Bernadette, she um, was uh, praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament in her um, convent, and um, it was at the same time that the Blessed Sacrament procession was happening in Lords that her oh. her um, miracle then um, took place. Oh, fascinating. Um, and 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 there's a much earlier example as well of of, of um, uh, I think uh, I think I think for some reason I'm thinking German I don't I don't know if that's right a lumberjack nonetheless where a tree had fallen on uh, this poor man's leg and broken it in such a way that he um, uh, was unable to there was no way that the um, given the technology of the time that that leg was ever going to heal. Uh, and therefore, this man was never going to be able to walk. Was this quite a while ago then? This, I think, was one of the 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 original miracles. I think it might be in like the eighteen hundreds. Yes, like, oh gosh. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like eighteen something. something. Most likely the eighteen sixties. I think this 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 happened really early on. Um, really, really early on. Yes, one of the original miracles. And um, he wasn't in Lords, but there was a there was a um a a, a replica of the grotto. And he was praying to Our Lady in this replica, uh, and that was where uh, his his healing took place. Interesting. Um, where his leg his leg just miraculously healed. And what's interesting about every miracle that I've read about is that there is always this consistent theme of where, whenever a miracle is, whenever someone feels that miracle taking place on an infected area, if, if it's a physical disability in particular, um, there's this sensation of heat. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it, and it's it's consistent. Oh, I remember that. There was uh, one that, that I remember reading about a lady going into the baths and she'd never been in the baths before and she was told that the water was freezing cold. Yeah. And she got into the water and she said she came out and she was scolding her friends saying like, oh, you tricked me. You told me the water was freezing. I was yeah. so scared of going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went into the water and she said the water was warm. I th- I th- I and think her she... friends were like, you're crazy. Because like, yeah, 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 yeah. the water is freezing. I mean, it's, it's like glacial, it, it, isn't it? Absolutely. It's cold. Yeah, it is. Uh, but she said that she felt that actually it was warm. And uh, yeah, so she, um, I think that's might, very interesting. I think she might have even said, um, I think as a sort of joking throwaway comment, I'm sure she said, oh, did they put the heating on for me? Did they put the heating on for me? <laughs> like, like the central heating got put on just for this this woman going into the baths. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's a great deal of, if you just look that little bit deeper into laws, that that, that um, it really has shaped my faith life uh, mm. and in, in a way that I never thought it, um, that it would. But a lot, all of that um, has come from the consistency of me going um, on stage, making my commitment to the shrine and continuing to go and, le and learn. So through your commitment, thing. through your duty, through a longer period of time and actually committing yourself to something over a period of time that's where it's come it's not just been a sort of you know go once a five minute sort of transformation you know and and, and you know a lot of people tend to think that's what happens that you get like it, it's instantaneous and yeah and it really like fall on the road to damascus you fall he falls off his horse and sees jesus and then his whole yeah. life changes yeah. within the space of a week yeah people mm. do think that that's what happens and, it, and in my it's case that's more not. gradual it's yeah you, 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 it, it's a lot it takes a lot of time to digest mm. those different experiences and then to sort of, and to correctly interpret them mm. Mm. to then move forward mm. so um so yeah um the hospitality notre dame de lord are uh are a great um force for good and uh, a great source i i'd say even further for um evangelizing uh our youth Mm. Uh, and I'm saying that as someone who 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 was really evangelised by uh, that arch confraternity. Um, wow. So wonderful. And and the th and the thing as well, I should say as well, is that we are um, an international family. Mm. The um, you go at a time of year when, generally speaking, people from all sorts of different countries across Europe and indeed the world tend to have a routine, as I've said throughout this episode, where you you go back at the same time of year. Um, and you, what you then see is 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 old friends who um, all go back home to the you know the far corners of the earth, and then we all come back and see each other again. Um, and and it just it really does highlight the sort of sense of family uh, that that we have um, towards one another. Um, and also, uh, th th my very first experience that triggered me to go in the first place. This is the thing I want to say. We've um, when I was with the. Um, uh, when we'd gone with the Diocese of Shrewsbury, um, we got um, invited to work inside the baths one one afternoon. Oh yeah. Um, and by this point, I you know to, to my shame, by this point, I've never actually had the confidence to sort of go in to the baths at this stage. I've seen where they are uh, and and stuff, but I've never actually physically gone in until until I was asked to do some service in there. And they what they did, which, which was really really daunting at the time but incredibly um key we were split from our own little social bubble that's one of the issues that that, that happens when you go on pilgrimage with a, a large group is that everyone who speaks your language you can sort of stay cocooned together um and, and not sort of venture out but in this situation we i was taken out of that comfort zone and put with um a load of italians that couldn't speak english um, and indeed, I couldn't speak Italian. Um, but we managed a way of being able to communicate with each other in order to make sure that the experience we gave the pilgrims that came in mm. was prayerful, mm -hmm. was loving, was caring. And what, what I was taught in those couple of hours was that there is a universal language of the church it might not be Latin into everyone that can speak it. Rather, it was a language of love. Charity. Charity to each other and yeah. to the people that came in. And mm. that experience was just so um, 
like intoxicating that I needed to go back and get more of it. So when it when it the opportunity arose that I was then to be able to I could go out on my own to this place and do all that again, it was just that spark that I needed to go off and and then start on this journey and mm. and that's how I managed to get to where I am now. Wonderful. It sounds like something that you'd encourage people to do. Absolutely. Not, not, I mean, not yeah. just go on pilgrimage to Lords, but actually go and do their stage. So if, if we have listeners who are thinking, actually, yeah, that sounds interesting. I'd like to know more. Where will they find out more? So there is a, a website. Um, if you literally, if you type in on Google, Hospitalité Notre Dame de Lourdes, you will find... Uh, how, if they, how would they spell that? So it's French, isn't it? Hospitalité. Hospitalité. So that's H-O-S-P-I-L-I-T and then E with a little of the, the accent on top. Um, D, just D-E. Uh Hospitality Notre Dame. Sorry, I meant to say there's me D. The Hospitality de Lords. No. Hospitality Notre Dame. So Notre N O T R E D A M E de Lords. And then you got that at the end. Yeah. The so, um So if you type into Google Hospitality de Notre Dame de Lords, H O S P I T A L I T E space Notre N O T R E space the de space lords l o u r d e s then it should come up or presumably if you typed it in uh even if you spelt it in english presumably it would sure come up. sure i mean so hospitality not uh if you if you typed in hospitality our lady of lords it'll Google, come. it would come up with the, with the okay. french website um excellent so yeah, um, on their website they have all the information um, of what goes on within the domain um, for pilgrimages that go generally. They have um, information on what um, would be expected of you in your first year and what programs sort of. Thing and all of this information is on on the Hospitalité Notre Dame de Lourdes website. It is. It is. There are um, various Facebook pages um, that, again, if you were to type in the same thing, you would find. Um, You'd find that you know the likes of myself and other people that that, that go to Lord. It's sometimes yeah. abbreviated as HDNL. HNDL. HNDL. Yeah. HNDL. Okay. Yeah. And so, if they typed in HNDL in into Facebook or Google or something, would it come up with something? Maybe. Um, I wouldn't be that confident. Okay. Um, okay. Although, although I think there are enough Facebook posts out there with with that um abbreviation that that it's possible. But it's always a safer bet to type in hospitality and to have lords. <laughs> okay. Right. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this uh, episode of the podcast, Mr. Andrew Buckley. <laughs> You're very um, welcome. And uh, yeah, we'll have you back to talk about something else, I'm sure, very soon. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say, either about the hospitality or uh, about uh, lords more generally, sort of as a closing, closing note? Um, take-home message I will say that the work is very challenging and getting there itself simply by travel is also very challenging but the reward you get for it is absolutely worth it if there's one message that our um, that uh, um, Bernadette had uh, sort of like communicated to everyone was was penance 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 and so if you um if if you go and find that you might have a a slightly more difficult experience uh, in simply trying to get there, don't worry. Stay true to it; it'll be worth it in the end. 
excellent. And if you just go there, generally speaking, on uh, on pilgrimage, uh, you can go to the sanctuary and ask to go to the is it what is it called the pilgrim bureau or something, and they can point you to the to the um, where the stagiaires all meet, and you can go and meet some people who do the stage. And... Yes, if you if you walk into the um, the front desk, um, it's 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 literally got all that information up on like big glass doors. It has you know hospitality notch down to Lord. Um, and is this St Michael's Gate? Um, so if you if you walk in from St Michael's Gate and walk down yeah. um, the. Um, the, the big long the big long road sort yeah. of that leads all the way to the rosary basilica if you sort of there's a little cut in that a uh, little chapel called saint joseph's next to that if you just cut in down to along the built the old building that used to be the hospital um, oh yeah you'll see yeah. um you'll see the um the big glass doors with hospitality notch damned lords on it and uh there's a desk in there and all sorts of information uh, about what the um the arch confraternity is and what it does uh, can be found there and um they can uh, guide you in uh, in whatever service that you might wish to undertake, if if indeed that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And if you and you'll also be able to identify uh, a lot of the people who have chosen this service because very often when you're walking around Lords, these are the people who will be wearing suits. Um, suits. They might have a little medal pinned to their jackets or something like that, right? And bretels, bretels, which are the shoulders. These are the th- they're sort of like thin things that go over the shoulders and uh, tie around the waist. And they used to put the stretches on them, didn't they? Yes, yes, yes they did. That was what they were for. Was for yeah. um, lifting stretches and lifting stretches and stuff and carrying carrying the sick. Well, thank you very much for joining us. As we say, if you go on pilgrimage and you want to find out more more about these things, uh, you'll be able to, uh, you know, find out when when you're there as well. Uh, we'd very much encourage you to go on pilgrimage uh, to Lords and to consider doing a stage or maybe see if your local diocese has a diocesan pilgrimage. Various dioceses, for example, my own home diocese of the Diocese of Shrewsbury has their own association. Uh, of the hospitality of the Diocese of Shrewsbury, which is associated to it. So lots of different dioceses have their own uh, association whereby they take the sick and things like that. So, yeah, have a look and see if your own church, your own parish, your own diocese has has a pilgrimage, or maybe you want to organise one, or maybe you just want to go under your own steam. Um, You can also find out more about the Miracles of Lords in episode three, if you go all the way back uh, to (laughs) near when the podcast first began. Um, Or you can find out more about the message of Our Lady of Lords herself and the apparitions and St. Bernadette, a bit about St. Bernadette in episode 39, which is called uh, Our Lady of Lords. So thank you once again, uh, Andrew, for joining us. And thank you to all of you listening at home. And we wish you uh, God bless and uh, wish you God bless. What am I talking? God bless you, basically.